Everyone, just before I start this episode, sorry for being away from the microphone for a couple of weeks. I've been traveling. It's been busy. I've been on retreat. Um, but here we are. We're going to plunge back into it, at least until our summer break happens sometime in July. Hello and welcome to Habe Papam, episode 195, Benedict Twelfth. Dear brothers and sisters, Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Habemus Papam. We left the last episode with two simmering conflicts, one with the erstwhile Holy Roman Emperor Louis the Bavarian and the Franciscans, which had kind of fizzled out, but not gone out completely. And then a doctrinal issue caused by John XXII about the state of souls after death. Both of these would be the projects of today's Pope, Benedict XII, though no one thought that he would ever be elected. So today's Pope we met last week, Cardinal Jacques Fournier, who helped the situation surrounding John XXII's extraordinary sermons on the beatific vision. He was born in France to a fairly unimportant family in 1285. His family had a connection with the Cistercian order. His uh, uncle was a Cistercian abbot, and he entered the Cistercians at an early age. He studied in Paris, and he earned a doctorate in theology and taught in Paris after he graduated. His uncle got made a cardinal in 1311, and so Jacques was chosen to succeed him as the abbot of the monastery that he was a member of. In March of 1317, Jacques was made the Bishop of Palmiers in southern France, not far from the Spanish border. Now, this was one of the hotbeds of Albigensianism, and there were still issues with that heresy at this time. He worked tirelessly to stamp out the heresy, and though he was a very tough judge and an able inquisitor, he was merciful as well to those who confessed. He recognized that the true way to stamp out heresy is by teaching, not by force. And so he patiently taught those brought before him and embarked on a teaching campaign in his diocese. Pope John XXII took note of this zealous bishop and promoted him to be the Bishop of Mirepoix in March of 1326, and then again made him the Cardinal Priest of San Prisca on December 18, 1327. His reputation as a thorough and a just judge, as well as a very humble and devout man, prompted Pope John XXII to appoint him to hear appeals that were made to the papal court. He also helped out as the Pope's theologian, writing many treaties against heresies, which had sprung up throughout Europe. He was known to be a humble, humble man, especially as a cardinal. He refused to wear the red garments which cardinals wear, but instead kept his plain Cistercian habit, which earned him the nickname the White Cardinal. When Pope John XXII died in December of 1334, there was a deadlock in the College of Cardinals between the French and the Italians. The Italians obviously wanted to bring the papacy back to Rome, and the French obviously did not. And they tried to get the frontrunner to pledge not to move the papacy back, which he then refused to do. So they started looking elsewhere. Cardinal Jacques Fournier was not the obvious choice. He was highly respected, and the papacy was still reeling from the theological controversy caused by John XXII. So even though he wasn't the obvious choice, he kind of came to the fore. On December 20th, 1334, he was elected unanimously and took the name Benedict XII after the founder of Western monasticism and the ultimate spiritual father of the Cistercian order. Pope Benedict XII was from the beginning a reformer. He sought to combat abuses in the church at Avignon, and he tightened up discipline in the church. He was particularly annoyed for hating the practice of nepotism, which had gradually grown up in the church over the centuries. He famously stated, the Pope must be like Melchizedek, who had neither father nor mother nor kindred. He told his relatives to stay away from Avignon, you will not gain by my papacy. He kicked out bishops and priests who were staying in Avignon and not living in their own diocese. 
His biggest reform was of the clergy, where he progressively treated the major religious orders one at a time. He particularly wanted to clean up what had become a common European problem of rogue monks and friars wandering around and not wanting to return to their monasteries. So he admonished religious superiors to welcome these monks back into their communities. But then he systematically treated all the religious orders in turn, reorganizing them, directing them to more authentic living out of their calling, and in general, cleaning things up. He particularly criticized the Fraticelli, the spiritual Franciscans we've heard about in the past episodes, and who practiced an almost heretical view of poverty. They were officially declared as heretical with a bull written in November of 1336. It was thoroughgoing and comprehensive, but unfortunately, he didn't last long enough to make the reform stick. Benedict also had to clean up the theological mess caused by Pope John XXII. He was very quickly moved on that front, and he wrote a document the month he was elected saying that unlike what John XXII speculated, the dead do immediately receive their judgment, and if purified, they see directly the divine essence in the beatific vision. Now, the other big conflict from last episode was the fight between John XXII and Louis the Bavarian. That, as we mentioned, had petered out, and Benedict tried to bring some reconciliation between the Germans and the Holy See. But the French king did not like this, and he tried to thwart his efforts. However, the people in Germany by this time were really sick of being in conflict with the papacy, and they just wanted their faith back. But the conflict wasn't resolved, and at least, though, it wasn't flaring up at this time. Benedict was a reformer in the papal curia as well. He cracked down on abuses in revenue collection, which decreased papal revenues, but he also cut way back on papal expenditures and lived a much more austere life. He was not the most popular pope for that very reason. Many people didn't like how strict he was. He also planned on returning the papacy to Rome eventually, but it required a lot of political work to make it happen. So he started the process, but many of the Italian nobles rejected the overtures that he made, and the Pope realized that it really wouldn't be able to happen in his lifetime. He couldn't just go back to Rome. He had to make sure the political situation was such that the papacy was able to exist in Rome and exercise its authority. So when he realized he wasn't going to be able to do it soon, he started construction on new papal dwelling in Avignon, since it looked like he was going to be stuck there for a while. He was a holy man, though as a reformer he wasn't very popular, and he died on April 25th, 1342. He was buried in the Avignon Cathedral. Pope Benedict XII was succeeded by Pope Clement VI, and we will talk about him next time. Thank you for listening to Abemus Papam. You can check out the rest of the Catholic Bites podcast at catholicbitespodcast.com or find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thank you and God bless you.